0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. You see, whilst Cultaholic lads are busy packing their bags and getting their gambling money ready for Las Vegas and Double or Nothing, we... Oh, way back in time back via the ICA Pro powered DeLorean that we bought with our gambling money in 1993, where we are chronologically critiquing, thank you OSW Review, the entire history of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning to an inevitable bitter demise in 2047. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie radio presenter Tom Campbell, and I be with the bear in the big blue bar Cage... The head pen of Cultaholic, whose requirement for a pencil is unnecessary. Even if you won 500 pencils on the craps table in Las Vegas, he'd snap them all in front of you. He needs a pen because he gets it right every time. There is a Justin Henry, and he is off of the America.
0: You know, you're way too enthusiastic for somebody who committed the biggest atrocity of the weekend. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you know, you're for, talking about,
0: Your Honor. <laughs> forget about the ending to Money in the Bank last night. We were recording this at 6.11 in the morning, Monday morning, my time. More on that in a moment. Um, forget about the Dragon and Moat show that people watched that were in November very unhappy about the ending. because I know nothing of that show except maybe like, three things. I'm talking about you turning the heel, good sir.
1: Oh my day! Well, look, anybody that follows me on Twitter at Tom Campbell, you may know, you may have seen you may have seen that something went down at a wrestling show in in the Northeast on Friday night with my boy Mickey the Dragon, and and there'll be more said on that as we go. But what I will say is, Mickey the Dragon, he did it on his own. Mickey the Dragon, he 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 did what he had to do. I was just the catalyst of that moment. Follow me at Tom Campbell on Twitter and we could we can talk loads more on it. Uh, I however the the tweet of the weekend for me because um because uh, Jack from Coltalk was present for uh, said moment that you're talking about. And Yes,
0: you you corrupted that poor child.
1: Yeah, I think he put out a tweet saying that he now yeah. believes as a result of me Doing bad things at a wrestling show—that we are in an alternate timeline. (laughs) I will, I will accept that. That's funny.
0: I do like how you say that. You know, I I was merely the catalyst, as if that somehow excuses you. It'd be like, it'd be like Al Capone saying, "Look, they all lined up in in the garage. I'm just the one that shot them."
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: (laughs) Al Capone has a point. What was a boy to do?
1: (laughs) What is a boy to do? Man, (laughs) scrambled egg all over my face. Um. (laughs) Thankfully, the events of Friday haven't changed what's happening with me this week. Um, I'm going to give this a, a quick plug here, if you don't mind. You see, whilst the other Cultaholic lads are indeed in Las Vegas, uh, I will be joining Adam Pacitti, front of camera, doing the Cultaholic news for a couple of days. So starting from when, when you download this on a Wednesday night, starting from tomorrow and through to sort of the middle of next week. So that'll be fun. I've had a haircut um, and everything to, to be it. ready for it. Oh, really? Yes.
0: I, I have not seen. I've
1: had yeah, a new photos haircut. have
0: said haircuts.
1: New haircut and everything, just in case.
0: Mm. New haircuts same attitude.
1: Exactly. But how are you then, sir? Because it's like, it's it's a beautiful Monday morning here in the northeast, looking out on blue skies, uh, slightly cloudy, but, but overall just, just perfect weather for another perfect Monday. Uh, it's very early in the morning with you and have you not been to sleep
0: yet i've had three hours of sleep but i can get through this
1: (laughs) if you can get through survivor series 1993 mate you can get through anything
0: oh that was not a rated show come on now
1: (laughs) i tell you what let's let us crack straight on before you fall asleep on us where and when are we this week at justin henry
0: it is Monday, November 29, 1993. and We are in a new venue. It is the Westchester County Civic Center in White Plains, New York. And I gotta say, I actually like this venue a lot. And I, I'm kind of sentimental for this venue because this is actually where they had an ECW TV taping. At the very end of 1999, it's where Mike Awesome regained the the world title from Masato Tanaka about two days before Christmas that year. And I believe there's a I believe the photo on the Hardcore Revolution video game of Van Damme kicking Jerry Lynn in the head is from that venue.
1: Oh wow! Oh, there you go. Already a nice bit of history.
0: Yeah, They I went here a few times over the years. I think there's a Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty steel cage match from this time frame that came from this venue. It's on one of the uh, one of his Coliseum releases, and may have been on a DVD in later years.
1: So we are going to see quite a bit of uh, quite a, a couple of historic moments from this venue. And we're outside New York. So Vincent Mann, who is very much a New York promoter, I think is still floating around the side of New York in, in venues that he can afford.
0: Well, it is New York City. It's pretty close to New York City itself. Not too far off. In fact, real fast, White Plains to New York City. What is the distance? And we am going have to still spell coherently. It's a 1 hour drive.
1: Oh, that's okay.
0: Yeah, no big, 33 miles. So, we begin with seeing Femis for the first time in a long time. Haven't haven't seen her in in the midst of our uh, critiquing Survivor series and Survivor series showdown. We had to put up with Rhea Rogers and members of the Hart family instead.
1: Yeah, she's very much missing in our, missing uh, missing from our timeline for a little while.
0: Uh Yes, and this is also the final TV taping for Mr. Bobby the Brain Heenan.
1: Oh, now I wasn't sure because, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I I, I had a feeling that tonight would have been a certain iconic night, but uh, I was proved to be wrong.
0: We're getting close. We're
1: getting very close because the, the, uh, the whole of Raw starts with sort of reflecting on... Survivor Series and Bobby Heenan really giving some grief to Gorilla Monsoon in that opening bit as well. So I thought maybe tonight is the night where we, we say goodbye to Bobby, but he's just laying it on thick for an extra week.
0: Well, we do say goodbye to Bobby on this night. It's just we don't see that part till next week. Right with you. So to foreshadowing Monsoon's involvement, it's the first time in a while that Heenan and Monsoon have been at odds with each other and just sprung up out of nowhere. So this is kind of a Deus Ex Machina. machina how are you? How you? Pronounce that damn phrase. Deus ex,
1: deus ex machima.
0: Is that what it is? Gosh, I think I'm so. saying it wrong all these years. Deus Ex machima, Okay. So yeah, they're doing this just to write him out of the show. Out of the show because he's leaving the company after this taping here. This this is the end of Bobby the Brain in WWE. But on the show tonight we have Razor Ramon versus Diesel in a non-title match. Yeah, Ludwig Borga, Owen Hart, and perhaps most importantly, the Superstar of the Year presentation. Come
1: on, Luger! Come on, Luger!
0: Come on, Mo.
1: <laughs> Mo is a ringer. You see you couldn't do something like this this day and age, and we'll talk more on that when we get to it a little bit later on.
0: Especially with a nine hundred number. Can you imagine I'm trying to stack it for Roman? <laughs> It was good to see an actual rundown to start the show. It actually got me a little bit excited for it, as as opposed to having have, have like this mystery meal where you don't know who's going to be on the show. Yeah, I quite like that. I quite like I quite like a show
1: like that because it seems quite stacked though. Then there's some you know there's some people I'm interested to see. The Diesel Razor match certainly piqued my interest.
0: Well, yes, it's the outsiders going at it about two and a half years before they would become uh, the talk of the industry. So we begin with Rick and Scott Steiner teaming up against Mike Corey and Reno Riggins. And who doesn't love a good Steiner Brothers squash? Do you
1: know what I also
0: love? Exactly.
1: A a tag team with color-coordinated outfits. They look like a tag team.
0: Who, Corey and Riggins or the Steiner's? Corey
1: and Riggins.
0: Wasn't one of them wearing, like, a... uh like a blue striped yellow singlet. I thought they were, I
1: thought they had both had if I'm my memory is correct I thought they had matching jackets. I
0: well, they might have had matching jackets but definitely not tights.
1: Ah the jackets were good enough. I like the jackets. I was just taken by the jackets. At the very least have matching jackets as a tag but team. Tag team rule of thumb. If you're a tag team listening to this at the very least have matching jackets.
0: I thought Mr. Burns made the pin pal shirts for the bowling team. <laughs>
1: Yes, I like to think that somebody made those jackets for those two,
0: and then they fired him anyway. <laughs> so we get, we start with Scott trying to trying to murder Mike Corey with a released Dragon Suplex.
1: That was rough. the
0: The highlight of this match early on is Rick Steiner cackling like Dunk the Clown when when Corey tags Reno Riggins. Rick cannot wait to hurt Reno Riggins.
1: You can tell they're having fun, just battering these lads.
0: <laughs> I love Sniper Squash because people get—well, not that I enjoy people getting hurt, but people who look like they're getting hurt. So like I guess I enjoy people getting hurt. Then I don't know. Bobby Heenan is going out with a bang here, as he as he makes several Lorena Bobbitt references, or as he calls her Babbitt. But I knew who, who to whom he was referring. Tommy, are you familiar with this case at all?
1: I was going to ask you about this because I'm not overly familiar, so I'm hoping you'll be able to fill in the gaps
0: for me. Uh, this is the woman who cut off her husband's penis,
1: right? John Wayne Bobbitt. That makes sense now. Yeah, I, I remember John Wayne Bobbitt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this, this was. Um, I rem- I still remember Martin Lawrence's infamous Saturday Night Live monologue where he discussed this and said, "Imagine being the police dog trying to find it in the field." She. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He would actually appear on Raw. We're going to talk about him in about five years.
0: Yeah, Valvian has called him a very stupid man. (laughs) I remember reading one of his Reddit AMAs. But yes, uh, it's um, slice jokes aplenty here from Bobby, as Vince is kind of... He's always a bit on edge about... About the raciness of the of this uh, these uh jokes that Bobby's dropping here, and uh, uh yeah, I mean it's it's a family show, my ass, Vince. And it's during this match that Vince tells us that we're having a women's title tournament, and the matches are happening in Memphis right now. With yeah, no that
1: brackets. was a bit of a casual drop of a of a women's revolution of sorts.
0: It is really really bizarre. <laughs> it's a- we're having a tournament, but I'll tell you who's going to be in it, but it's happening in Memphis. Thanks, USWA, for footing the bill on this one. So is that where the matches were happening? Were they part, um, Was it
1: part of Memphis? Or part of the
0: promotion there? Uh, I I think they were staging the matches, at least like the, the, the earlier round matches. I do know in the finals that the woman who loses in the final round, I found this out recently, actually teaches some sort of fitness program at the planet Fitness in my hometown
1: no way
0: I swear to God
1: oh that's a nice local reference
0: that is really really strange and I don't know how old she is she's definitely she's probably close to middle age now but she's in way better shape than I will ever be it's not even close
1: but this is actually the um it, the, this is the the re the reactivation. Of the Women's Championship that would lead to the, the reign of Alundra, Alundra Blaze.
0: Yes, and the, and the eventual dropping of the belt into a trash can on Monday Nitro.
1: We have some events being set in motion here. No, not here, <laughs> but in Memphis, apparently, with some people, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Could you imagine them saying something like that in this day and age? Like in 2019, really? where they say, oh, by the way, there's a... Uh, there's a, there's a women's tournament happening tonight in Dayton, Ohio with some, some wrestlers.
0: Well, well, they have it. It's called the Mayon Classic. It's like happening down in full sale right now. <laughs>
1: but they they never kind of casually mention it, did they? they never just go, oh, that's, that's the thing happening over there. It's like video packages and promotions mm-hmm. and everybody's a star and it just feels bigger.
0: It's like, hey, just so you know right now, while you're watching Raw here, we're having a, um... Money in the bank qualifying matches in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, enough talk about tournaments and slice genitalia. Because here, here's a Steiner screwdriver. Oh God! My favorite lethal move in the world. <laughs> and Scott Scott just gives no F's when he throws a guy in the air like a like, like a Scottish caver. Do
1: you think there was there was nerves when you knew you were on the card up against the Steiners?
0: quite possibly
1: this even at this point where you knew like you, you've seen people take the frankensteiner which at this point is sort of it, like we like some kind of weird leg pile driver move as opposed to a, a a cruiserweight move like he does it is it on riggins to win the match he does uh, the, he, the uh you know, the frankensteiner
0: yeah he does it on Corey to win Corey, oh, kind, Corey. Kind, of, kind of like falls to the side
1: but it just looks like like he drives around with it and it Always looks really painful when he delivers it.
0: Before Scott Stein was all about his freaks, he was a freak. <laughs> he certainly flippin' was. So, yes, yeah, Scott finishes off my court with a s- sort of sideways wonky Frankensteiner. But it, l- it looked good enough. Look, looked killer. And, hey, the sirens still look good here.
1: Oh, they look great. They look great. They're v- very much positioning themselves... To be runners in the tag division, like they look great in WWF at this point. I believe it suits them. I'm not sure about the fight music. I mean, it's different, but it's still. I still feel like they're a good fit in 1993 WWF.
0: Uh, I don't think they would eventually use "Welcome to the Jungle" on ECW. I think they may have used it in NWA at one point. I wish Vince had sprung for that.
1: Oh, that would have been amazing. That would suit them down to the ground.
0: We get a Survivor Series replay ad. With random events, it's unbelievable. Sound bite at the very end. We get a really funny moment here from Bobby Heenan, where they're back selling the fact that Yokozuna showed fear at, at Undertaker in, in order to build in uh, the upcoming atrocity at the Royal Rumble. And Heenan actually says, "I've never seen his eyes that round,"
1: and Vince <laughs> noticeably winces.
0: Wow, it, it's interesting on two levels because one. It sounds like a racial thing, but but the, but the truth is, he's actually, from, you know, Samoan from California. So, so it's a he, double whammy of a gag, isn't it? It is, and Vince actually, like, like he, he he does like this. It not quite a full body dry heave, but he twitches noticeably when when he he says that. Because uh, well, what does he even care? He's leaving after this. I after, wonder whether Vince night.
1: sometimes forgets that Yokozuna's is from Samoa. Whether he just gets lost in his own world and just so everyone often forgets that he's not from Japan.
0: Yeah, Kato takes his mask off and Vince does a double take.
1: Wait a minute, pal. (laughs) You're a dentist. (laughs) Also, when they cut to Vince and Bobby, they had a lovely WWF Niagara Falls Cup by the looks of him before Niagara Falls WWF. And they did they see is it me or did they have the Survivor Series VHS on the table as well?
0: I didn't notice that, but they could have had, like, the mock-up for the box or whatever.
1: Yeah, it looked like there was a mock-up of the box of it, of, of what looked like Survivor Series 93. Just a random thing to put there. I mean, it's nice that they're putting stuff there that's relevant to the company, because go back to the first show, where you had, like, just, like, cans of Diet Coke and newspapers scattered <laughs> everywhere. It looked a mess. At least there's, like, something there that, you know, that makes sense to the company.
0: Well, like, the old episodes of Primetime, when they would have the studio show, and they would have, just, like, like various merchandise shirming about the table. And the best was in the run-up, the Mania 3, when they, when they had the, L, the old LJN rubber action figures. And Heenan had it so that he was holding up Andre's hand. And, and Hogan was laying on his back on the table, his, his LJN figure, his <laughs> prediction for what was to come. <laughs> it, was, it was little touches that just made it better. Heenan's just, Heenan,
1: class of his own. I know we say that a lot, but absolute class of his own.
0: Especially when he's making round-eyed jokes about Yokozuna. So we go to the next in- installment of Jeff Jarrett tries to get into Nashville. And he has with him Memphis Wrestling fixture, Ronnie P. Gossett, who's playing Buddy Lee's cousin, R.P. Lee, here. You look like Louie Anderson. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a bit here. Like the Louie.
1: Do you remember the light tune? I
0: had the life of Louis Spaghettios when I was like nah, eleven years old.
1: You legend!
0: I yeah, love the I was a, and It was great. If it was Chef Boyardee or Franco-American, I'd probably eat it between the ages of nine and thirteen.
1: So this guy's not Louis Anderson. He's he's from Memphis wrestling.
0: Yes, he's Ronnie P. Gossett, a manager who has since passed on. And and Rinder's a this sort of big shot office but it's like the most dimly lit office you've ever seen in your life it's like, the, like, a, it's like the scene of like three homicides in the past seven years or whatever <laughs> so, he, so Jarrett actually says at one point to the receptionist or, or, or the studio head where he says I got more charisma than any of your acts and I wrote debatable <laughs> how, how little
1: charisma do the acts
0: have and this guy who resembles Simon Gotts tries to accost Jarrett the so one redeeming part of this video is when Jarrett and R.P. Lee – it's Ronnie Gossett, come on now – when they're being uh, kicked out of the building, they zoom into the surveillance footage on the uh, receptionist's desk. So you see Jarrett and Gossett staring at the camera in, in black and white, and Jarrett gets in the catchphrase, and then you see the two sparkle anyway. And you also
1: see his name subtitled along the bottom on the security camera footage, which therefore makes me believe that whenever he says his name, it just appears in the real world in front of him.
0: <laughs> it was a nice touch, I thought.
1: Uh, John, John, you've had 20 minutes off. Back to work. Can we have Jeff Jarrett going into a shop to buy milk with his name appearing in front of him? <laughs>
0: He has to say to a just a, a random fellow shopper someone who's there for Similek.
1: yes there you go there's you there's your, there's your work John I'll let you crack on Photoshop John we'll have that ready for us in about 20 minutes time thank you sir
0: <laughs> Razor Ramon versus diesel any non-title match
1: this is cool I like this 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 to me feels like the direction that WWF should have been going in with these two lads good look good characters it was quite exciting because as somebody who as i've said before on this show like the 93 the sort of mid 90s completely passed me by in mm-hmm. wwf so all these matches i'm sort of experiencing for the first time so razor Ramon and diesel at this point that's quite that's quite a fresh lineup
0: and it's funny cause, because because recording recordings on a monday so sunday may 19th was the anniversary, as I noted on Twitter, of five different pay-per-views. Like, the last five times that May 19th fell on a Sunday, there's been a pay-per-view for a pro wrestling. And the first one was 1991. The original Super Brawl, in which Kevin Nash debuted the character of Oz. Wow. And I actually watched that match with my brother Sunday afternoon when I was at his place, because we were just talking about that show. And... and, and... <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Have you ever seen Oz's debut entrance? This is
1: where you have um, the Munchkins from um, Wizards of Oz coming out with him and shrieking, "Welcome to Oz! Welcome to Oz!" There's loads no, 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 of no, 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 no,
0: That was Kevin Sullivan. Oh, that was Kevin
1: Sullivan. As the... <laughs> I pictured, I pictured a, like a lot of Munchkins running out, not just we one Kevin Sullivan. The
0: lollipop gown lollipop girl. No, 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 no! It's it's Kevin Sullivan in a rubber Halloween mask with a oh. monkey on his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, the monkey was awesome, but but they had people dressed as Dorothy, Scarecrow, Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, standing on the stage in front of this backdrop castle thing, while Kevin Nash does his voiceover in a castle far ago, and you and, and you know it's Diesel just from the voice. It's like, oh my god! But <laughs> the part that killed me. I never understood this, among many things involved involved with Oz's debut. While while he's making this grand entrance, you know, they, they have this really eerie-sounding orchestral piece playing, it, like like it fits the whole Wizard of Oz motif. You know, they're coming before this great and powerful wizard, who's who stands seven feet tall and he's very menacing, and 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 the, the song just fits what's going on here. I, I, I can't really do it justice in words. But Did it's just Ray-
1: perfect for what the Wizard of Oz is, what they're trying to <laughs> achieve with this thing.
0: <laughs> it's like Walter's theme, but with depression.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Walter's theme Walter's theme in minor.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And as soon as the pirate goes off, his music changes. Not to something that fits the Oz character, but to a poor man's ripoff of Another One Bites the Dust.
1: I need to like- watch this now. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine if The Undertaker in 1991 made his entrance not to the funeral dirge but to like a poor man's cover of Sharp Dressed Man?
1: I can't but I kind of would like to see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright John, you're a music director. Can you make this happen?
1: Although oh, the, the the Oz debut is something I've never properly watched yet but I'm, I'm very intrigued to.
0: I have to I have to say in addition one cool part about it, I, I I know in this time frame he's had different finishing moves in WWE he's had the knockout punch he's he had whatever he finished the uh, the mullet the jobber with he wasn't quite using the jackknife yet but his move as Oz was really really cool it was um I've seen, seen like that whirly bird powerbomb where you get someone up to like a razor's edge and you yeah. spin in the circle and and then throw them. And it, it actually had a pre- he did that, and it had a pretty cool name, the Emerald City Twister.
1: Now that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's little glimpses of the gimmick that are actually quite cool. But then, really, the gimmick should never have existed anyway. Like that should have never left a, a, a piece of scratch paper in a production room.
0: Well, do you know why? it Do, do you know why it existed?
1: Is it the, the Turner Classic Movies connection?
0: Mm, yes.
1: Because they wanted to sort of coincide more stuff with with Turner Classic Movies.
0: Dusty, thanks for War Games, but God damn it, not that.
1: <laughs>
0: Especially another one bites the dust. So, Razor Diesel, and they're playing up the Sean never lost the belt story. It's so weird hearing Bobby Heenan discuss it, because in four months it's going to be Razor and Sean at WrestleMania in, in, in the ladder match, and Heenan is, of course, nowhere to be found at that time. It's like a it's like, it's it's so it's almost like you know Bobby Heenan doesn't really fit this time frame anymore. In hindsight,
1: yeah, he says he feels like he's from a bygone era. There's a few times where he's interacting with people, and you do feel like it's it's a different world now. As as great as Bobby is, and as as effortless as Bobby is, like when mm-hmm. you see Razor and Diesel, and you see him interacting with like Jim Cornette, like you can you know that the world of wrestling is moving on.
0: In a sense, but I mean. I, Bobby could have stayed if he wanted to, and I'm sure they would have allowed him to.
1: But you know what? Do you know what? I believe um, there is something in bowing out before people get fed up of you. There is something in that, in leaving before you're pushed. And I think with Bobby, he was so, so great and even in his and like and like he gave it all right up until the very end even though he mm-hmm. knew he was on the way out he just went out swinging he went out going i'm going to make sure whoever comes in next has got work to do cuz i'm mm-hmm. i'm so proud of what i've done and he left with so much grace and so much support and and i really admire that and i think it's great to go out before you before you're kicked out before people are oh, fed sure. up with you
0: I agree with that, but it it is kind of weird that you know you're in this time frame where, you know you're you're on the precipice of like Quang debuting and and Bob Sparkplug Holly and and Bobby Heenan is still here at this point and it, how weird it would be in hindsight to hear him call a Quang match or a Bob Holly match because he he wouldn't fit but yet he was that close to being there for those moments. It's
1: true, yeah. It would have just been an odd. Things are here. And it would have been great, but you know what? Now is the time to try something new, which I think is more than more than acceptable.
0: So hearing him discuss the, the whole Brett Owen acrimony or the Sean the and Intercontinental champion, like, it, it, it feels feels really funny. So you here, and it's kind of funny to hear them. It's kind of funny to hear Vincent Heenan talk about how Diesel is, like, so green in the ring, like he's trying, but he's not polished yet. And if we remember, they, they, he's this big back alley brawler who's picking up the nuances of wrestling as, as perhaps kind of a cover for maybe some of his lacking fundamentals as a wrestler at the time.
1: You don't really hear them do that for for wrestlers, do you? Because it's it's almost that thing of they try so hard to make sure everybody looks like a star that they mm. haven't got it in them in this, in this day and age to accept that maybe somebody's not the finished article.
0: Well, it makes sense in Diesel's case because he was brought in not as a wrestler but just some big bodyguard that Sean found maybe bouncing at a strip club one night. And, and and I think they were confident. They were betting on Kevin Nash being as smart and savvy as he was to pick up those his nuances maybe through osmosis working with Sean, Razor, Jannetty, whoever. And it's a pretty wise bet because Kevin Nash got pretty good in 94. Uh, I like that Vince was annoyed that he and him plugged Rio's roundup. <laughs> it seems like we're trying to forget about that. Still trying
1: to move on from that at no point. To... So I get, is this the end of Rio? Do we see more of Rio yes. Rogers?
0: No, 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 He's replaced by Stan Lane on commentary on Superstar. <laughs> after like one week.
1: <laughs> oh, Bruce. Good effort, mate.
0: Bruce tried. Vince, in very awkward fashion, tries to tie Razors in- into the Panamanian presidential election. In which uh senior ruben blades ran for president in 94 which, which I got to say that's like one of the greatest names ever ruben blades
1: that sounds like a wrestling name and i do believe that if he was going to talk about the panamanian election he should have just sang the wrestlemania theme tune that would have been a much easier way of tying it in
0: <laughs> <just> panamania
1: come on come on come on
0: or Paul James Brown, living in Panamania.
1: <laughs> I feel good <laughs> sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's just... Rachel's supposed be like Cuban, isn't he? <laughs> I guess all of the Caribbean and Central America are like, uh, you know, all in one, I guess. Well, I think it's eyes.
1: basically, there's a few occasions in, in WWF where it's it's there is America and there is the rest of the world. <laughs>
0: Yes, that's like when Gail Kim hailed from Korea. Also, <laughs> so when North and South just came together all of a sudden, huh?
1: Yeah, they're all friends now.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, I'm sure Gil Kim could unify them. You know, she's very influential. She's Maybe worth getting behind. Hailing
1: from the East.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hailing, hailing from the Orient. <laughs> Which could mean anything. It could be, you know, it could be Tokyo. It could be Taiwan. It could be... Or Vince's mind just, well, I don't want to go. Or Vince thinks of Asian, like, ah, Panda Express, pal. We had there for lunch the other day. Incredibly vague. It could be anything in Vince's eyes. So, it's a fairly short match because Kevin Nash is still picking up the nuances here. Razor tries for the Razor's edge. You know, good luck. Sean jumps in and hit him for the DQ. Tries for a power driver on the belt. Razor makes sure to turn him to the entrance wave while trying to counter this move so that one two three, kick can fly in and hit Sean myself off the top rope.
1: That was that was very funny how there was a, some cheeky repositioning happening there.
0: It, it was very personal like like wow that, 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 that. he pulled him all over why do you do that? Oh here's Sean Waltman. And, then, and and if you notice all four men may have something in common here. Click boys Yep, well, It's 100... the Click
1: Friends and their in adventures over the IC title.
0: Yep, four very good friends who who'd who become five in about a year and a half while a certain terrorizing individual was trying to get into Atlanta. And yes, yeah, that's yeah.
1: true. Yeah, that's it because still, we're still missing him, aren't we?
0: And oddly enough, he'd become the most important member of the group one day
1: but they're cracking on until he figures that out, until he gets the terrorizing thing out of his system in WCW. It's always weird to see uh, Jean-Paul Levesque on a WCW program, considering the way hey, the doesn't... business would go.
0: There is a hidden gem on the network of him facing Brian Armstrong and the future Road Dog Jesse James.
1: In WCW? Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. When,
0: Ro- when Road Dogg had a bit more of an afro. It's uh it's, positive, it's surreal in hindsight.
1: I think everybody gets, you know, everyone, everyone I see a lot of people complaining about, oh, I'm, so, I'm cancelling the network because this match happened in real time and I'm not happy with the direction of the company at this time. But surely it's worth keeping for all the gems that have come and gone. Like, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is because they've been good enough to upload every episode of Monday Night Raw ever. Like, yeah, it's so it. full of great stuff.
0: Who hates WWE network?
1: I know who quite a few people hate? who have gone, Oh, I've unsubscribed because X, Y, and Z happened. I know at least one person who has unsubscribed because Brock Lesnar won money in the bank last night.
0: It's just ten bucks a month. him in the him in the wallet, another way. You know, don't spend two thousand dollars on a WrestleMania travel package next year. Bambi and Bigelow John Crystal.
1: John Crystal.
0: <laughs> and gonna this is... get
1: a beat in John Crystal. <laughs>
0: It's like every Steiner's match, every Bateman match is the same thing where the jobber just dies. Do
1: you reckon that John Crystal got together with Rio Riggins and what's his, what was the other chap? He's, his name's fallen out of my brain.
0: Mike Corey. Do
1: you reckon they all got together and they went, oh, who have you got tonight? Steiner's. <laughs> ah, I'm good fun with that. What have you got? Bigelow. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I can't remember the jobber's name, but when Sid Vicious was in USWA in like 94, 95, that's uh, Jerry Law's Memphis Territory. They did a bit in order to sell just how scary Sid is. They had the jobber in the ring. They introduced him. And "And his opponent from West Memphis, Arkansas, weighing 313 pounds, Sid Vicious. Sid walks out the entranceway. The jobber's like, nope. Walks out of the ring, walks out the back door of the studio and just leaves.
1: Brilliant. That's incredible.
0: (laughs) It's the best ending of a squash match ever. That is how you
1: sell a monster. Where the guy's like, I'm not even going to wrestle him.
0: Like not even gonna try. Not not worth the money. Fire me if you want to.
1: I want to see that more often.
0: There's been like 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 half the Braun matches. Yeah, imagine like if, Yeah,
1: because when, yeah, it was it when Braun was going through all those batterings and like everybody always lost, but always sized up to him. You want to wonder to go. Nah, 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 nah. It's fine. It's fine. I've got an accountancy job. I'm gonna lean, lean on that from now on.
0: Remember when John Gonzalez, it, it, it wasn't a Raw match, but they showed on Raw earlier this year when we were, like maybe February or March. It was him versus three jobbers, and one was Louis Spicoli. And they were on the floor because no one wanted to start the match. So Gonzalez's ratio of the rips so just pulls Louis in by his hair. <laughs> and the other two just like, run away like, like they're fling Godzilla.
1: Louis, Louis was the guy there to make yeah. him look strong.
0: Louis you was the kind having his pro. Hair pulled in. <laughs> Louis was a pro's pro.
1: As so Bigel- is John Crystal, who
0: is getting an absolute shoe in from Bam Bam Bigelow here. Bam hits a hits his body, all the sends Crystal about about twelve feet off the off the ground. Crystal got some mad height on this. Heenan continues the trash monsoon, which becomes important later, as we've noted. Heenan then dismashes just us just this tour de force of just random one liners. He implies at one point that Vince wears Feeney pajamas. Which I don't know why that's funny, but it just is. It
1: just, I like the idea of Vince wearing feety pajamas.
0: I forgot the kiss my ass club got started because he drink, He dropped a back door on him and realized he got, he got an idea from that. And then we get this bizarre line. This shows us how little Vince listens to Hina sometimes. Because Heena calls John Chris and says, is that Billy Crystal? And Vince goes, no, that's not a doink.
1: Unless Vince really thinks Billy Crystal's a clown.
0: Well, I mean, he, he's a pretty droll kind of guy, but. Like, picture him doing a Sammy Davis Jr. impression while I'm Dwight like, makeup. I mean, Mr. that would Bro, be. Bro, Jangles.
1: <laughs> I'd like to point out one particular move that Bigelow does. He does a couple of good moves, but he does a really nice flying clothesline. Like gets a nice bit yeah, of height, man. like and takes the guy down nice and safely. It looks great. It's during the whole talk about doinks that he does it. Just fun. seek it out, like Bam Bam Bigelow. Just as I think we talk about how great he is quite a bit on on this show, mm-hmm. but sure. just just so crisp in the ring most of the time.
0: I think a fun match if they could have matched up errors would have been Bam Bam Bigelow versus Jeff Cobb.
1: Oh god, that would have been. Something else. Bigelow in his heyday versus Cobb. Wow.
0: Just two roly-poly looking guys. You can do anything athletically.
1: The reaction if Cobb was to hit the Tour of the Islands on Bigelow. Oh, my days.
0: Or Christ, make it a tag match. Bigelow and Vader versus uh, Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee. You have to, like, fold wrestling at that point. you never be able to top that match for this, for, for this shirt. What the hell am I watching? The
1: end of wrestling.
0: <laughs> Bigelow wants to know where Doink is. He throws Crystal at the, at the corner. Crystal goes flying under the bottom rope somehow. I don't God, know how the
1: hell he did that. That looked painful. Just threw him into the corner, and he just skidded along the ground. Almost left a I Weeks-esque mean... stain on the ground as he did so.
0: And then he promised Crystal a new car if he fractured one of his vertebrae. <laughs> I can imagine that would be a thing. <laughs> and by God, he tried. <laughs> so the, the finish is not the diving headbutt. It is not the moonsault. It is just an angry Enzugiri. He just sizes Crystal up, walks aside and just kicks him right in the back of the head. Which would be enough to finish most people, I would think.
1: Yeah, I like if I like an effective standing strike finish. There's, um, there's, there's, you know, you, you look a bit like a Justin Liger who changed his offense to a running, made a running palm strike his finisher.
0: John Cena had, had the lightning fist. Oh,
1: I love the lightning fist. Oh, the is lightning fist is my so favorite. <laughs> it's so rubbish.
0: He's come back and win the belt with that move just to piss everybody off.
1: How would you feel if Brock Lesnar cashed in his money in the bank and then John Cena ran out and beat him with a lightning fist? Would that not be the best episode of WWE TV of okay, all well, time?
0: Well, if it happens this super showdown, then I'll, I'll be missing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's if true. it
0: happens on any other show, I'll, I'll make sure to catch it. And make it happen on a show that's um, you know relevant. Do we um, think that's what's
1: going to happen? Then is Brock Lesnar going to cash it in at on the on the the Saudi show? Well, well, it's the Saudi show.
0: <laughs> um i'm gonna take a guess and assume that's what happens which um yeah it's their show and hope it goes well for them. you know
1: <laughs> good luck to you, you know,
0: it's a friday in june i'll be out doing something fun if i'm not writing something that is yeah so we get the entire we get the entire video where doink is is gifted I think by santa claus because santa's an asshole
1: this is a weird bit. So Doink's in the ring. Santa comes out with a present for, for Doink. And it's it's a, a miniature version of Doink. And then um, Rougeau, who's who's announcing this whole thing, says, Oh, but the thing is, there can only be one Doink.
0: That was the most dignified moment of Ray Rougeau's <laughs> career right there.
1: <laughs> it's so, like, so I'm just curious. If Doink had insisted, no, 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 his name is Doink as well. Well, they are gone, well, one of you has to be fired. That's that's how it works, I'm afraid. One of you has to be sacked. So I, <laughs> well, what if I you... change his name to Dink? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
0: What I want to know is, how far does Santa make it with a midget in the bed?
1: <laughs> Didn't he come in on a car?
0: I think I blacked out during this part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he came in on a vehicle.
0: The flashbacks kicked in. and I was like, no, no more. I was like I was like Sid's job or opponent. I just said nope. <laughs> Ray Rougeier still commentates today. He's one, he's one of the French language announcers on pay per views and such. And he was at Money in the Bank on Sunday night. It's
1: good to see he's still part of the company after all this time.
0: Ray this was twenty five and a half years ago, Ray Rouge's age, maybe three years since.
1: I wonder if he's the if he's Benjamin Button.
0: He <laughs> might be. He might be.
1: Um, on a similar note, as we've discussed Money in the Bank, um, my phone just, just showed me Chris Jericho's tweet.
0: <laughs> Jericho's in a... he doesn't care mode right now.
1: Awesome to see Brock Lesnar win the Money in the Bank match, even though he wasn't officially entered. Brock is the future of the biz, and this perfect example of genius booking shows why WWE <laughs> will remain on top forever. Hashtag go <laughs>
0: How can you not love Y2J? Oh,
1: roll on the weekend. How exciting.
0: He's the one that... He wants to shove Brock backstage, Jericho.
1: Yes, when the Randy Orton thing went down, when Brock Lesnar was... Uh, bust open Randy Orton the hard way. he could,
0: He's gotten into the backstage fights with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg.
1: He don't care. Jericho's a man that has
0: no fear whatsoever.
1: Once he hits him with that Judas effect, it's all done.
0: <laughs> or the... Uh, with the lightning fist.
1: Oh, ring on the lightning fist, baby!
0: He, he, he hits and goes. Come on,
1: baby! Come on, baby!
0: <laughs> so, superstar of the year award. It's a giant bowling trophy, I believe.
1: <laughs> it's a lovely trophy with a man on the front dancing.
0: Now, my question: Doesn't this mean that like December is irrelevant? If, if, if we're handing the award out on November 29th.
1: That's a good point, actually. So therefore, what if somebody does something amazing? Like, what somebody goes on a, a, on a blistering winning streak in December.
0: Yeah, like, what if Luger wins the belt at, like, Armageddon or something? <laughs> it would be Armageddon. <laughs> Vince, call, Vince announces that it is a close vote between two individuals. BS. And he decides to bring the runner-up out because he wants to give him some TV time, I guess. <laughs> so he brings out Lex Luger. There is
1: something win. so sad <laughs> about, yes. let's bring out the runner-up. Lex Luger's music plays and Luger's out smiling, laughing. Jo- <laughs> it's just, it's so sad because a few months ago, this is the guy they strapped a rocket to. They spent millions <laughs> I'm trying to make this guy number one. Here is your runner-up for Superstar of the Year. <laughs> it's just the great... One of my favorite backfires in WWF history is Lex Luger.
0: They gave him a bus.
1: They gave him a bus, a national tour, a song, a helicopter, <laughs> the whole the whole thing on the Intrepid. Your runner-up for Superstar of the Year. What did Bret Hart do in this year, right? He feuded with Jerry Lawler.
0: He injured Lawler at SummerSlam.
1: He injured Lawler at
0: SummerSlam. He, he won King of the Ring.
1: He won King of the Ring, but had nowhere near the, 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 the attention and the affection that he, Luger has.
0: He was knocked unconscious by salt. He,
1: he lost in the main event at WrestleMania. Brett No, 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 oh, no, no, no. no
0: first... he didn't no he didn't. No he didn't, Yokozuna did. No, but Brett also did before that. <laughs> There's only one main event, Tom, goddammit.
1: Oh, <laughs> Alright, we quibble over happened. terms, but still, my point is <laughs> your runner up for Superstar of the Year, Lex
0: Luca. <laughs> what should have happened here is Vince should have given him the, like, a frame certificate. <laughs> and Luger drops it and it shatters.
1: And a badge that says you tried.
0: <laughs> he gives, like a gift certificate for like like Radio Shack or something.
1: <laughs> Buy yourself a VCR player.
0: Let's go on space camp. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a Nickelodeon game show from the eighties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs>
0: He flies the bus to the moon.
1: <laughs> just crashes it on the moon, stays there, lives there.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like the Martian. <laughs> like, I, I, I group grew, I grew playing like, who is Lex Luger? I'm stranded on the moon. <laughs> it's just Lex in a space helmet. I'm not talking about <laughs> someone off camera. <clears throat> John? <laughs> Lex Luger and the Martian. John,
1: Lex Luger as the Martian, or Lex Luger on the moon? <laughs> With the bus.
0: The Adventures of Lex and the Great Gazoo.
1: <laughs> Bobby, during this whole bit, I just and I know he mentioned it a lot. He was just a star. Just a star. That whole, as you say, that whole bit when he was, as as Luger was coming to the ring, he was like, well, I've obviously won, you know, Superstar of the Year. You know, don't don't drag it out. Don't make me feel <laughs> awkward. Da, da, da. And then as he, he stands up to... To, to to get his honor, they announced Bret Hart as the winner, and he just looks so sad. <laughs> God, I love Bobby.
0: I gotta say about this. No commentator today could convince me, like in the same way that Heenan did, that they were they were worried of the same thing. Like like Bobby, like 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 I know it's obviously set up for him to you know be have egg on his face and like ah, oh, that didn't win. Heenan was so convincing in his verbiage and the way he said everything. It was like he—he like he believes he's won this award. Like, like I believe he believes he's won this award, and the, and I believe his reaction was, even though it's—I know it's part of the story. He's—he's he's, he's playing it up, but he's like, I think he was like actually sad that he didn't win the award. Like Corey Graves couldn't do that. No, Byron Stacks and Shirts Hell couldn't do that. Like, 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 that's just how great Bobby Heenan was. It's like people say, you know, don't blame the commentators today for not being good because. Fences in their ear, and he micromanages. Yeah, I get that, but they're still not Bobby to bring Heenan.
1: Yeah, there's Bobby always had a way of of walking the line between. I think because I think uh, because commentators are now discouraged from you know putting themselves over, and it's only mm-hmm. because I've heard commentators who all they do is put themselves over, mm-hmm. whereas Bobby Heenan is able to you know build himself as a character whilst building other people around him like it's it's not one or the other like bobby was excellent at doing both and you just you hear a lot of commentators who just think being a bad guy is them saying how how wicked and brilliant they are and that's not what
0: a good commentator does it's like watching johnny carson when he when his personality and humor shine through while he's interviewing somebody else and asking them questions Yes, it just it just happens naturally. David Letterman he, he, he... was
1: always good like that. David Letterman was somebody who could interview somebody, and he mm-hmm. would you he would get himself across so well, but mm-hmm. all the while the focus was on his guest.
0: and It's so hard to do. You, you know, just you watch him, and you realize you're watching, you're watching a master do it. And Bobby Heenan was a master.
1: The great people bring people up with them. Yes, they don't just bring themselves up.
0: Well, speaking of bringing themselves up, as soon as Brett hits the ring and he's happy to have his bowling trophy, Vince is like, "What did ovation for for the hitman? Ah, just egging the crowd on. Vince is, he's a highly disturbing cheerleader. He really is, but
1: it's funny because it's like, you could you could see Vince, and every time Vince is in the ring, it's like Vince is, is talking you through the cliff notes of whatever we're trying to get across at this point. He did it in the interviews months ago mm-hmm. when he'd be in the ring with like, IRS and Ted DiBiase, and he'd be saying, "So, are you saying that you you don't think Hulk Hogan still got it?" It's like, yeah, they they should be able to say that, Vince, not you.
0: <laughs> well, I wish Vince had. I love Bret Hart, you know this. Yeah. But, but my God, I wish Vince had micromanaged this speech, because Bret thanked pretty much everyone he ever knew. It took him about three minutes to do it. It was very understated, very it was almost awkward. Like they, they almost like they told Brett two minutes before, Hey, you know, you won a trophy, you're going out there in two minutes. Like, what are you? I thought Lex one, he had the bus, remember? Like, no, you won because people actually like you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> he, he vows to regain the belt and he dedicates the trophy to everyone from his mom and his dad to all the siblings to everyone who helped him get through that music video for uh Slam Jam and well no you need to thank them, although he goddamn he should have. And Vince Varian yells, go get him, Brett! Go get him, Brett!" Imagine being Lex when this is happening. They've told you you're the man. They take your Summertime title win away from you. Now Brett gets a trophy and you get, well, you got a cool jacket, but that's pretty much it. But you had to buy that yourself.
1: I do believe that Lex has himself to blame.
0: <laughs> because who is Lex Luger? He's the man that was on the moon with the Great Gazoo. <laughs> he and is, according to John, who has
1: already, I'm sure, made that image nicely.
0: <laughs> it's just... It's almost like the embarrassed Luger there. <laughs> Haven't you tried to be gracious? Like, he's, he's just as cool as Brett, because he just barely lost the a hit, man. But he was such an afterthought by the end of that. Jeez... I wonder who came in third.
1: Um, I understand it was... Um, Rob Bartlett. Rina Riggins. Was <laughs> for, most con- <laughs> for most consecutive hours on Raw, <laughs> it was the Brooklyn Brawler.
0: I should have take the trophy to his hand after the Steiner screwdriver. I'm sure he'll be thrilled when he comes to.
1: He'll be delighted when he's awake. <laughs>
0: So we got the Brett Owen Survivor Series footage. The I should have brought this up when we were doing the uh, live commentary. The best part of this when Brick gets knocked off the apron by Owen when the when the miscue happened. And he goes flying on the rail. The rail breaks off and falls down, and the three men that it falls on are so casual and so nonplussed. Like you know, a metal rail just fell on your legs, and they just like, and, and and a world champion wrestler is falling right right at your feet, and they're just like, oh cool.
1: You'd be more excited, wouldn't you?
0: You would be, but, but they'd seem like you know, laid-back kind of guys. Just like, oh, this is kind of trippy. Can we tell, them, tell our kids about this, that Bret Hart fell at our feet and the rail broke off and fell on our legs? You know, we could have sued, but nah. That, we, we're not about that. Like, just, they were just so casual about the whole thing. And we get the sound clip of Bobby Heenan's and one of his many great lines from that match that we couldn't hear on a commentary because we were uh, making our own commentary when he showed poor distraught Helen and he goes oh no they're going to repossess my teeth <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to miss Bobby on these shows so much oh, Bobby! we start doing Nitro 95 just so we can get, get our Bobby fix well, no
1: we can't though because once he goes to Nitro he really gives up
0: but we have Mongo to make fun of
1: we do, but he's. It's not worth watching Nitro <laughs> for for Mongo and a Bobby that can't
0: be bothered to Bobby. <laughs> That's a fair point. So this whole Heart segment this is like the Heart segment of the show. Owen Hart versus Chris Duffy, who is the jobber who looks like Jim Gaffigan.
1: <laughs> it was a strong look he had going on there.
0: He has the multicolored singlet tights. It was a uh, it was a style in ninety three, I guess. Owen's still a face for the time being, although the crowd showed in Boeing him. He's wearing the Brett Shades now for some reason, I'm not entirely sure why. The girl he gives them to in the crowd screams so loudly when Owen puts him on her face like, like as if she's meeting John Lennon in nineteen sixty one. She could not be more thrilled.
1: She was delighted. Bless her. I like when wrestling fans are that excited about stuff.
0: Oh yeah, it's better than you know the hip to the room fans who were probably watching Game of Thrones for uh, you know during those <laughs> matches yesterday on the on the HBO Go app.
1: I may have been watching Game of Thrones instead of Money in the Bank last night, <laughs> but you know what? I it was what was funny was um I'm no no Game of Thrones spoilers, but uh spoiler ish underwhelming, um very <laughs> underwhelming, and I tweeted out underwhelming of Thrones. And then a friend of mine tweeted me saying, you should have watched Money in the Bank. And then, like, I thought, oh, actually, you know what? It's still on. I'll put it on as I said, press play. Wait a minute. It's Brock Lesnar. I was like, oh, I'm glad I missed this, actually.
0: <laughs> what an utter goober Mustafa Ali is.
1: Oh, I know. He, he, was,
0: he, he was paralyzed by music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brock Lesnar's music will do that to a man.
0: Just grab the briefcase, jump off, do a flip on your feet and run the hell away. Like, I hate those moments so much when the song distraction, it's, it's the worst cliche in wrestling. When someone's mouth is off on the gape, like, oh, that's music of the person that I don't like or someone's going to kill me. Oh, and they, and, 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 and they get rolled up and they lose because they're dummies. What I love is it's such a
1: trope in wrestling that it's actually a, a an event in the WWE 2K19 game.
0: I know. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's
1: brilliant. The fact that halfway through a match, like they go, I think, I, was, I, think I, I think I was doing Triple H versus Undertaker. And then suddenly you just hear say, yeah. And like Scott Dawson's music plays for no reason. <laughs> and he doesn't come out, but Triple <laughs> H is so distracted. <laughs> the
0: Undertaker nails him with a tombstone. You can't do this in any other walk of life, can you? It, 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 it doesn't work. It's like like Tiger Woods is about to sink a putt to win the match or whatever. Wait a minute, that's his ex-wife's music. <laughs> <laughs> that's his ex-wife's enough. music. <laughs> like it doesn't work that
1: way. No, it
0: doesn't. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Wayne Rooney mistress joke in here somewhere in there. You, you did it for He's like, wait a minute, that's her music. <laughs> And, they shoot, and, and it's the family shot and shoots it right over the top of the net it doesn't work that way only in pro wrestling I think UFC should adopt it
1: can you imagine so he's like <laughs> batch in the middle of the octagon Jack Swagger's music hits
0: <laughs> hopefully it's the one he had with uh, Zeb Coulter dun, 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 no R-Truth just
1: wrapping him to the ring
0: I'll do that too God, what song is better?
1: They're both pretty. I, I would argue that the We The People music is better.
0: It does fit the character more, although he did admit he had a burner after that last fight.
1: <laughs> Sometimes where, people really get into fighting.
0: Where was that swagger in
1: WWE? <laughs>
0: I'm so excited. I have a boner right now.
1: <laughs> That'd be a great t-shirt.
0: <laughs> we
1: it's The like way Boners.
0: Too, <laughs> way too honest, Biff Tannen. <laughs> knock you out butthead
1: <laughs> it's funny because he is Biff Tannen and you know what he's due a comeback in WWE because now Kushida's there Ew. if you're ever going to bring hey, back you're right if you're ever going to bring back Jack Swagger do it now Kushida is in NXT doing the Back to the Future Stig.
0: Okay, we're recording this on a Monday, and Ric Flair's having surgery today, and hopefully this goes very well, and by the time you he hear it on Wednesday, he should be in the in the clear, I'm hoping, because I, I'm going to make this next nice line, Flair has to be Doc Brown. Oh, yes! When is this, baby! Woo! Hits 88 miles
1: an hour! That's it, and they can even borrow our Ica Pro powered DeLorean. We don't mind <laughs> lending
0: it. <laughs> Absolutely. He tears the lab coat off and dra- drops an elbow on it.
1: I like the idea that Kushida and I don't know how they'll do this. Uh, we'll get back to 1993 in a minute. Um, I like the fact that, I like the idea of Kashida taking full advantage of the Back to the Future gimmick and somehow go wrestling. Wrest- this is could this could be where we do our uh, wrestlers from the past story.
0: Oh, the Georgina all time machine.
1: Yeah, the time machine thing. This is where we could do it. Where Kashida could 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 send the DeLorean back to bring back wrestlers. So the Delorean just appears on the NXT stage, and out of it comes the Mountie.
0: <laughs> I would be okay with that one hundred percent. I would be
1: so good with that. I'd be all would be forgiving with WWE.
0: Hey, why is PCO wearing an eye patch?
1: <laughs> right, uh, go on. Owen Hart has a has a good little match here.
0: you in 1993. Uh, they acknowledge the booze because even though Owen's not a heel, he's just a very angry young man at this point. He's upset about not surviving at the elimination match and the circumstances of, of how he was eliminated. Vince notes that families have problems. Uh, yeah, just wait for two decades of McMahon drama to come. We want Brett to during this match, which is, you know, just a great on Owen's nerves, I guess. Duffy hits the Judas Effect at one point, the spinning back elbow.
1: Yes, the Judas Effect is in! what are the odds Chris Jericho taking notes
0: (laughs) maybe Jim what if Jericho stole his whole career from Chris Duffy
1: I reckon Jericho is watching these roars with us
0: I think Chris Duffy invented the list gimmick
1: (laughs) what if Chris Duffy is Chris Jericho
0: but they've swapped faces it's like face-off like one's Nichols Cage the other's John Travolta (laughs) yes
1: Strange <laughs> you know things what happen- in wrestling have happened
0: You know what happens when you compare me to Jim Gaffigan Do you know what happens When you compare me to that comedian I'll tell you what happens You just made the list Yes <laughs> Go on, Duffy So Owen hits the Sean killing Enzo Duffy takes the best pratfall ever through the ropes This guy should <laughs> got a job just for this alone like he's, he's, he falls down, gets up, he's staggered, and falls through the ropes like he's Mo Howard. Beautiful moment. He was good in this. Like, as jumpers go, he was good. He had potential, Chris Duffy. Owen Fisher with the sharpshooter. And then Heenan goes to interview Owen. He asks about Brett getting the trophy and about Survivor Series. And in both cases, Owen just gives him the cold shoulder and walks off. Like that. Obviously, a obviously the, the bit of a bitter feeling here. So then your favorite commercial plays Tom with the uh, with the attractive housewife and the slob husband and he's you he he, he he can't be asked to give her uh, you know a bit of or, or just you know, make whoopee with her but by God because raws on he, he gets up for that
1: I just I just hate this advert so much
0: it's just so over time stay to
1: this guy. That is your... and It's it's insulting on so many levels. Like, you're saying that is your average WWF fan?
0: Oh well, yeah, because he looks like Dean DeVito, but taller.
1: <laughs> I hope we don't see this advert for much longer, because it really annoys me.
0: Well, at least the wife's attractive. She's fun. To you can appreciate her. I know, but although I don't her, appreciate the setup. Although her very thick Heidi Fleiss accent is a bit off-putting. Darling... Darling! <laughs> it's been six months. I married a slob like you. <laughs> All you do
1: is watch Raw! I don't know why <laughs> she talks like Danny DeVito. <laughs> and,
0: and and that's why you weigh 250 pounds, because you only watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's watch Game of Thrones instead. I know the last season's awful, but... <laughs> like, like... what? It's just the same muscle guy getting the briefcase. So we go to Ludwig Borga, speaking of muscle guys who deserve briefcases, versus Scotty Tuhati. And Borga does what he does at the start of every match he's in, walks past everybody, and just punches the jobber right in the head. It's the best, <laughs> best opening to a match ever. Done. How do you, how do you not love Ludwig Borga? He's, just, he's, he's not paid by the hour he's just here to kill somebody and leave
1: Borga just arrived, raised hell from Helsinki and left
0: and he actually cracks me up, by making fun of Finkel here he says, I wish he, I wish he nailed Finkel as he walked by, he says, haven't you ever wanted to just with the events questions and monitor?" on it. and he's like, haven't you ever wanted to just drill Finkel between the eyes <laughs> 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 It's almost like the utmost seriousness, like, haven't you? Like, like, boy, I sure have.
1: (laughs) This is Bobby just, again, Bobby's on the way out. He don't care.
0: No, this is like, this is the last day of school for Bobby. Taylor tries for some clotheslines. Borger no-sells him. Borger turns him inside out with one, and then gets one of the coolest moves ever. He picks Taylor for a two-handed choke, and then turns it into a one-handed choke off the ground.
1: And just holds him up there for a good couple of seconds. It looked great.
0: <laughs> it's almost like Porter's like the Terminator here. Like he's ready to just tear, 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 tear his head off.
1: I think he's great. Like I, I know we joke about him a lot. Like you know, America is a rubbish fan and all this stuff. But mm. as as foreign heels go,
0: I really like him. Like he's, he's genuinely a, menacing. He's a ruthless killer, and he's great in the role. It like suits he's really, him. He's an He's an actual frightening guy who sometimes hits you in the head with a wooden bucket that gets handed to him while he's laying on the ground. And he's coordinated enough to swing it at you while even looking to see where you're at. He knows where your head is.
1: He's so good.
0: I like him. He has has bucket radar. I like the whole torture rack finisher. That's nice. As well as that alley hoop where he pushes you up in the air and then punches you in the gut on the way down.
1: (laughs) Just menacing. Just just brutal. Brutal man.
0: He's He's just a bully. He's great at the role. Like this is, can you imagine Borga 20 years later doing the um, anti-bully ads? Be a star. <laughs> like, look, I know on TV that I beat the crap out of the people and make them mess their pants because I punch them too hard and I don't know how to, I don't know how to pull my punches, so it's gotta go with it. But listen. You're not me. <laughs> I, li- I like the idea of him just rambling.
1: Just go. Uh, but I don't pull my punches because I don't don't quite know how. And uh, I, I mean, I'll get it eventually. Uh, anyway, well, as anyway, I was saying, <laughs>
0: one take, <laughs> Borga. <laughs> What's this for? You know, non-smoking. Is that what this is? <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Um. Don't be a dick to your classmates. Borga. 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 You know I got to where I am by being a dick to my classmates. But you're not me, are you? But don't be a dick. It's like an Old Spice ad. Look at me. You're not me, are you? No, you're not. (laughs) John, Borger doing an Old Spice
1: advert, please.
0: (laughs) I'm on a horse. I'm going to eat it later.
1: (laughs) 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 So Borger dominant against Scott Taylor. Very nice.
0: Yes, he killed Stiffer from American Pie. We so we end with a Razorman one two three Kid interview. It's a supposed screen where Vincent Heeman interviewing him. Razor is, is of course, you know, incensed about uh Sean back jumping him earlier. And Sean's Sean is apparently we found out earlier in the show, challenged kid to a match next week on Raw, which sounds awesome. So Razor is his full swagger, you know, hey Mike Sean, do you wanna jump me, Go you No, know, all that, you know, typical Razor promo. Then we go to the 1-2-3 kid. Now, I watched Sean Waltman on the Bret Hart Tom McGee documentary. If you've seen any Sean Waltman interview in recent years, he's very he's very sure. He's very certain. He's very confident when he talks. He, he, he comes off as just a no BS guy. You know where you stand with Sean Waltman. I, I, love, I love hearing him do interviews. Here, he could not be… More opposite than that <laughs> yeah, yes, Mr. Michaels. I'm looking forward to you know, exacting revenge next week <laughs> he's, I, I realize it's, it's, it's' the character, and that's what, what they want him to be but it's so jarring to watch in hindsight he's just so
1: timid
0: I, he's like, he's
1: like, he is a kid <laughs> literally a kid yeah he's, he's it's it's there's a very different Sean Waltman to the one that we uh, that we will get. But yeah, he's just so quiet and timid at this point. I think you can only do this for a finite amount of time. At some point now, he needs to sort of develop a bit of a backbone and crack on.
0: Yeah, this is not X Pac. This is the same man in four and a half years. we saying,
1: "We're here to rip ass on the World Wrestling Federation. Your ass four is years. grass, and I'm going to smoke it." Yes, yes, <laughs> Mister Razor. We will fight Shawn Michaels next week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
0: it's just it's so weird how they end up sometimes in the business. You just never know.
1: No, exactly. Exactly. I, and I like wrestling for that, is you never quite know how it's gonna go. And um, in nineteen ninety three, watching this, you wouldn't have thought much of Sean Waltman,
0: one, two, three kid.
1: You wouldn't have well, thought he was sense, gonna be man. this big player in a in a huge T V war in wrestling in the late nineties.
0: And you never would have thought the guy who joined the click later on would be the guy who basically runs the business today other than Vince. Gosh,
1: isn't it? Isn't it scary? <laughs> yeah,
0: everything in hindsight is, is, is a bizarre thing, and it will mess with your head.
1: With that in mind, I believe that Jack Gallagher will be running WWF in twenty twenty nine.
0: Assuming he survives whatever Bellator fight he's in.
1: Oh, that's is he in a Bellator fight? Jack Gallagher?
0: Uh, a trying to negotiate with him actually, because uh, he he has MMA experience. he's, he's been into amateur fights. Wow. I um, mean, and and. and uh, that's one of the things about you know, not judging books by covers. Would if he would have been like the last guy based on appearance that I would have thought would have been like an MMA guy, because he, he looks just like so happy and non-confrontational, but it turns out he's, he can kick your ass and mine at the same time. Turns out he can go. Fair play to him. Well, there you go. He'll definitely be running the company then. <laughs> so next week's show, we uh, well first we have the a Rumble video game ad with Perfect still in it. I'm gonna update that. So one of these days, guys. <laughs> next week, goddamn, the on the show as his Big Scary Crush, and, of course, Kid versus Sean. It's going to be a humdinger.
1: A humdinger of a show for next week on Monday Night Raw. Crush is going to be in action as well. So maybe we'll I'm see the... Savage turn up.
0: Uh, hopefully, because that, that feud is still a Bruin at this point.
1: I think next week is going to be... Um, I think next week we should come to the table with some of our favorite Bobbyisms.
0: Uh, oh, that's... Still do a two-hour show sure then.
1: Yeah, so we're going to do a longer show next week. Um, and so what we're going to do, I'm thinking, because next week is the last week, we have Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, I'll put a, th- a post on the Cultholic fan page a bit closer to the time, but we want your favourite Bobby Heenan quotes, moments, bits. And we'll do a, like a top five before we get started, I think. It's only right to honour the, the legend that is Bobby Heenan leaving WWF at this point and won't be back until 2001.
0: The time he said that... You can't, you can't take Big Ball mom fishing because she eats all the bait.
1: <laughs> there you go. That is already a top five contender. If <laughs> you can beat that, uh, uh, join us find the official Cultaholic fan page on Facebook. We'll be on there. <laughs> or you can tweet them to at JRH Writing or I am at Tom Campbell. See, now that I would actually accept on Twitter. There you go. You won't whinge about that. Um, this week, um, well, by the time you get this, it's Wednesday. What are you working on this week for Cultaholic, Justin?
0: I do not know yet because it's still Monday.
1: It's still Monday, so we don't quite know yet.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, I'll be sending Mr. Pachidi my uh, my suggestions for the week and then he chooses which one he wants and then I go from there.
1: Okay, so some prospects from Justin Henry very soon. Um, I'll give another cheap plug. Um, I'll be front of camera tomorrow. See you in the morning. The um, <laughs> uh, Coltolic News, all the lads are in Las Vegas, so um, all being well, I, I was... <laughs> My face will be on the YouTube, so that'd be fun. Thank you to Colt Holic for letting me do that. Thank you to Justin for mm-hmm. for bringing me in in the first place. Without you, that nightmare wouldn't be occurring.
0: Ah, uh, your talent opened many doors, my friend, and your success is inevitable. Oh, you!
1: <laughs> Stuff it! You're clearly over. You're clearly sleep deprived. That's so. <laughs> Right, at JRH Writing, I'm at Tom Campbell. Together, united, we are at Cultaholic. We'll do more of this next week watching Old Roars. I love you. Bye.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.